But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys. Fatty. Fatty. Big Bride. Big Bride. And my cousin Vinny. And my cousin Vinny. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the month of September and another episode of Illegal Ham in the Face. I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates. I got my big bride here on the other side, and we got a big show for you today. We are going to get our NFL preview show. We're going to have Brad Ward from the Browns Wire and the All Eyes on Cleveland podcast joining us to talk about week one with uh, the Browns versus Carolina. We're going to get into our top three uh, college football traditions that we like, you know, growing up or now that we kind of enjoy seeing throughout the college football year. And then for our Fat Boy Tuesday, thanks to Isaac Rochelle, even though Notre Dame lost, um, he came up with a great topic, are pancakes bread? And we'll get into that later because Brian put out a Twitter poll and that thing blew up. I, I yeah. mean, Brian, it blew up. It, there was conversations being had. And they're like, you know, are pancakes better with sausage or bacon? And then it just kind of oh, it sure. snowballed. It snowballed <laughs> from there, and it was just holy cow! Uh, so let's get into our show. We got first thank our uh, sponsor. We got to thank Harold Keel and the Lake Erie APA. He's hooking us up with some stuff for our illegal ham to the face fantasy football league. Uh, we are going to have the winner get a bottle of Cleveland Underground Whiskey, a hoodie from Lake Erie APA, along with a hat, a $25 gift card to Mr. B's. And if you should happen to come into second place, you will get another $25 gift card to Mr. B's and a Lake Erie APA t-shirt. All thanks to our sponsor, Harold Keel from Lake Erie APA. And you might throw in a little bonus because he's in the league. You might throw in a little prize that if you beat Harold in fantasy football, you might get a little something on the side. So okay. we'll see how it goes. Let everybody know our draft is tomorrow at 8 p.m., correct? Correct. Yes, sir. All right. So all emails are sent. Everybody knows. Log in. 8 p.m. Let's go. So other and than it that, is, Brian, let, me just, let me just give a quick reminder that it is a super flex league. Yes. Um, I'll probably send out a text or maybe you can text <laughs> some people. I can text some people, but just so you know, it is a super flex leave if you're listening to this, um, cause that kind of changes the strategies for some people a little bit. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. Nope. That's perfect because that means two quarterbacks can play. So that's the reason right. why he's telling you this. So you can have 
wide receiver, tight end, running back, or a <coughs> in that spot. So, yes, you can play two QBs. Sure. So, they go quick. They, uh, I, we just had the Brad Ward is doing the podcast versus podcast league, and uh, we are in it. Bry, we got to pick first out of the league, mm. and I, t- I took Josh Allen right out of the gate. I got my quarterback, and I took him. And then when we came back on the second side, I got Stephon Diggs and I got Javante Williams. So I got a top running back and a top wide receiver too on the next one through. Now our so, other so it was it was a uh, it was a super super flex league. It's a super super flex league. Super so there, super flex league. Yes, there is no defense or kicker, Brian. Okay, I like this that. Quarterback, two flexes, and a super flex. Huh. So you only oh, yeah. played four guys. No, no, no. We wow. play like you got the two running backs, two wide receivers, two flexes, oh, okay. super flex, and a quarterback. So it's it's going to get crazy. Gotcha. And there was a okay. lot of crap talking during this because sure. somebody started sniping off people that you know some other people wanted, like Brad, I think really wanted Baker Mayfield, but I sniped him up. And I sniped, <laughs> and I sniped up Ryan Tannehill too. So our quarterbacks are uh, Josh Allen, Tannehill, and Baker. And then we got Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, and Raheem Mozart as our running backs. Nice. And then our wide receivers, we got a couple rookies. Uh, Alec Pierce is one of our wide receivers on Indy. Um, sure, up and comer. So we got a couple, and then our tight end, Cole Komet. He's gonna he's gonna do well this year. Yeah, look out for him. I think we got a good team. Um, I was supposed to come up trivia, and I think I do have a trivia. Let me check. Awesome. I, I gotta check my gallery here though, because I got screenshots. But Brian, do you have any? That's shout-out? what I do. Uh yeah, sure. Let me uh, quickly shout out. I went up to my brother's house uh, to see it for the first time this past weekend. He moved to Chicago, as I mentioned, uh, about a month and a half ago. So got to go visit him, visit his family. Um, Also got to see my uncle John, my aunt Angela, and uh, just spend some quality family time. So both my brother and my uncle said they've been shouting out the illegal hand to the face out in Chicago. So Greatly appreciate that. I got a draft with both of them here in about an hour. So um, so really looking forward to that. And uh, let's see. I did have another shout-out, too. And I, I just can't think of it. So <laughs> if, I, if it comes to me, I'll let you know. If not, I'll save it for next week. Okay. Um, I got a shout-out. Uh, right now, I got a shout-out Hall's Tree Service. They came and just tore apart my house. I had a tree fall in the garage. So they came out and clipped up the tree, got everything cleaned up for us, which is greatly appreciated. I got to shout out my kids because mama got COVID on Tuesday and I had to be super dad and they were absolutely amazing helping out around the house, helping clean. So my boys, Alex and Charlie, thank you guys so much for helping out. And then hope hope doing well, hope's doing well. And then a very special shout out, Bri, because Monday was one of our friends' special birthday. Jose Cato. That's what I forgot. (laughs) Jose Cato's birthday was on Monday. He had a great Monday. He took off Sunday, took off Monday, took off Tuesday. So he's doing great right now. You know, he's enjoying life. You know, just 
Yeah, yeah, it was the flu. And that's what he, he just said. It was the flu. I'm about to throw this <laughs> right now. Sure. Yeah, it was just it was, flu. Yeah, it was just the flu where I had to miss work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that well, yeah. that that reminds me. Yeah, I was going to shout out Jose and um, also our former uh, buddy. Well, not former buddy. Our buddy, uh, former coworker, and uh, the preacher man. Jeff had a birthday. I oh, think right. he. I think him and Jose share a birthday. So, uh, so that was yesterday, and then my buddy Mark has a birthday today. So, yeah, kind of a, a busy season for birthdays. All right. Well, Brian, do you want to get into our trivia before I bring in our <coughs> guest? Well, let's do it. All right. Let me go over here because I'm doing everything quickly. And I don't know. And our trivia is brought to you by Papa V and Curb Appeal. Get a hold of Papa V at CurbAppeal419.com. All right, Brian. I looked over this list, all right? I got this list, and I can't remember who I got it from, but these are the most unbreakable sports records ever, all right? Mm -hmm. And I want to throw one person at you, and it blows my mind about this man. Nolan Ryan holds the record for a career no hitters. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you give me that number? I got one number that's sticking out. We'll see if it's correct. All right. It it blew my mind because they got Gretzky on here. They got well, they got two Gretzkys, DiMaggio, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Tiger Woods is another mm-hmm. one on here which I might come piggyback that when we come back to the Masters. Uh, sure. Ripken, Ricky Henderson, Celtics, UConn, women's basketball, uh, Tampa Bay right. Buccaneers, and a Fernando Tatis – oh, no, it's senior. Has what, a – Hitting a uh, grand player. slam on both sides of the plate or something, was it? It was two grand slams in one inning. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's going to that anytime soon. Uh, so, whenever we talk about unbreakable records, and my mind goes to one that's—I mean, people don't even talk about it just because they all assume that it'll never even be come close to being touched. It's a uh, Ty Cobb, um, five hundred and eleven wins, I believe. And yeah, Ty I mean, Cobb. now it's a big deal if somebody gets two hundred fifty wins. Oh, Cy Young. Cy Young. I knew it. I knew it was a. Ty or a Cy, yeah. Let let the I, I was, it didn't sound right coming out, but um, yeah. Cy Young, there you go. All right, here we go. Let's bring in our special guest before we get into our Cleveland headlines. Let's bring in the man from All Eyes on Cleveland and the Browns Wire, Mister Brad Wars. Join us. What's going on, sir? What's popping, gentlemen? What's How we up? doing? How's it going? Good. Bry, Bry, Bry. Yes, Fatty, gentlemen, thanks you, for having me. How you feeling? You had about uh, the vid you, over the week. Yeah, it's still uh, still testing positive. Um, Sorry, buddy. not feeling 
hundred percent, but better than I was. It felt like I it kicked my ass at first. It, I mean, like I was driving home from work, and I was like, oh, I just thought I had like a throat thing, you know. And I was driving home, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna die. Like I crawled into my bed and just curled up in a ball, and my wife's like looking at me like what's wrong with you like just like you're such a baby right like you know women are like god you're such a baby what's wrong with you i'm right. like i something is not right and then later on positive so uh this is my first bout with uh the old uh covid so uh yeah it, it's very true when they say that uh women look at us and we when we get sick we are a bunch of babies we really are yeah. i i yeah. know i am too Cause once I'm sick, it like I am down for like three days. It's like don't touch me, don't look at me, just get away, just bring me yeah. soup, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it 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 just felt like the flu, you know. It it really did. Just felt like the flu. So didn't lose taste, nothing like that. So I guess this mm -hmm. version is just like body aches and a fever and the flu, kind of like the flu. That's yeah. it. So not too bad. <laughs> sure. it, it's lingering, though, a little bit longer than I'd like it to. Well, but. Brett, you are here for a special, special little bit with us because we got to talk some Cleveland headlines in Brown's first week. And then Brian and I are going to take over for our NFL preview. But I want to bring this up because Brian and I are going to start doing this from every week. Uh, I got a little – I got to add music to it, but I think the video is pretty good. So let's get into our Cleveland headlines. And there we go. Just a little quick blurb of that. So our Cleveland headlines this week, uh, we got Indians won last night, and I think it was like 10 or 11 innings, which was Guardians. A or Guardians. I'm sorry. It's still hard for me. It's still <laughs> hard. It's very hard. I do it all the time. Uh, Gardos. The Gardos. Plays. Yeah. Uh, also, the Cavs made a historic trade getting Donovan Mitchell. They gave up. Marketing, they gave up Sexton, they gave up Obaji. I think Obagi. I said Okoro. Right this time. Yeah, I'm not Okoro. Yeah, Okoro. Right. Obaji. Obaji. And then uh, they swapped some first round picks and all this stuff. But, you know, those are the two big things that are going into Cleveland headlines. What's the third one? No, three first round picks. They, and three, they swapped a couple. Wow. Okay. I did not see yeah. that one. But uh, I want to get your guys' take real quick on the uh, Gardos still in first place, still hanging strong with about a couple weeks left of baseball, I think it is, three weeks left of baseball, and uh, the Donovan Mitchell uh, trade because that is definitely a huge trade for Cleveland. I mean, that puts Cleveland right on the map in the Eastern Conference, and I really think that makes them contenders. That makes them a top-five team in the East. So what do you guys think about those? Let's go with Brad first, and then Brad will come back to you. Yeah, man. So the the Gardos, I love the Gardos, man. The Gardos, what the youngest team in baseball? Cleveland has like the youngest team in football, youngest team in baseball, and maybe the youngest team in the NBA too. I don't know. So it's something wow. crazy like that. Um, but either way, uh, oh no, these are just everybody's talking about the flu. You don't need to. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, yeah, I like to pay attention to the chat. It's okay. Uh, the uh, the uh, Gar the Gardos. I think this is Tito's best job ever. Uh, you know, they really are. They don't have the talent, like crazy talent, but they are very 
you know, putting together runs. They win a lot of close games, sacrificing runs, take you know, hit winning in big spots. I never would have thought they would be where they are. The pitching has kind of stepped up. Plesak's an idiot. What did he do? Punch the ground or something to break his hand? Um, uh, come on. And then, so I'm. I think the Gardos can win, right? Like uh, Minnesota's hot right now. They won a bunch in a row. If we can kind of fend them off on this run right here, I think they'll be all right. The bullpen is so nice. Uh, I would love to see them win the division, not have to play in the wild card round, right? So that's kind of what, um, if they could even get in the wild card, because the division is not Great. elite. Yeah, um, sure. But they're still right there either way. And so, you know, I'm watching them every night now. So uh, big Gardos fan. And then Donovan Mitchell... Um, I didn't think they could acquire him without giving up one of their big three. They did that, so kudos to Kobe Altman. That's huge. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan of his uh, in Utah. Um, I worry about, like, when you have two guard, undersized guards, so undersized point guard, undersized shooting guard now, right? And you gave up, you know, and, and I would have made the trade, obviously, right? But I worry about their their wing shooting. Like, they need a they need more shooters on the wing. They need a 3 and D guy. I think they're a legit 3 and D guy away from being, like, a contender in the East. Like, so, can Okoro become that? I don't know. But, like, Abaji, I thought, could be that. Now yeah. they get, had to give him up in the trade. So, you know, a veteran even would be fine. Like, I don't know what they can work, you know, trade deadline, uh, if they try to make a move then. But I think they need to look for more shooting because you're going to get so much penetration from Mitchell and uh, and all and, and everybody out there, right? Like, so, and, and they are going to have to uh, need somebody to kick it to that can hit the shot. You know, Kevin Love's still on the team, but... More of just a spot-up shooter. Okoro, very good on defense. If he could just get his shot together, that would be huge for the Cavs. But I think they're I think they're a wing away. All right, Brian, how about you? How do you feel? Yeah, I'll, I'll just piggyback off the uh, the Cavs, and then we'll get to the Guardians. Um, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, obviously, if you get a chance to acquire a – I think we can probably all agree he's like a top 20-ish uh, player in the league. Maybe some people are higher on him than that. Uh, so as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you know that's not really an option every single offseason. You know, uh, we're not going to get the big-name free agent. So in order for us to get an all-star type player, we have to either draft him or trade for him. And so they paid a lot for him. I worry that – uh that it's really going to diminish our bench. Um, you know, uh, we have Kevin Love and not much else. Chetty, I guess, uh, hopefully he can step up. Maybe they get Rondo or um, or Rubio back. But those are old guys that are on the back nines of their career. So, really, you're counting on your studs. You're counting on Garland. You're counting on Mitchell. You're counting on Mobley. Um, those are the guys that have to be on every single night because – two-fifths of your starting five are not real, really scorers. Uh, Jared Allen's, you know, he can dunk it, <laughs> and he can finish around the rim. And Okoro, 
you know, he, he can go scoreless some nights. So it's really putting a lot of pressure on Mitchell, on Garland, and on Mobley. Um, but we'll see. You know, you just hope that uh, that they can overcome what they gave up. I don't. I'm with Brad. I don't love the fact that uh, that you know all we've talked about for the last couple of years is well, you got Garland and Sexton, and they're both undersized guards. And once again, even after this trade, we have a couple of undersized guards. I mean, if he was six five, six six, I'd say it was a no brainer. It was a slam dunk. You know. Um, no doubt about it, trade, but it gives me a little concern with him being a little bit smaller. So we'll see. It's exciting, certainly. Uh, you know, if you want to get excited about Donovan Mitchell, just go look at his uh, highlight reel, and uh, you can get excited pretty quick. Uh, about the Guardians, it was a rough week for him, but we've known for a while that uh, that this team is young, that this team is going to be up and down. Um Brad was saying how, how great the bullpen is, and they certainly have kind of carried us. What's maybe most surprising to me is um, that we've had this success in our starting pitching has not been great. Uh, the bats yeah. have carried us some days, but um, but other times they've really faltered. And, and let's hope they can – they still have plenty of time. We still have a couple weeks left before the end of the season, before playoffs get going. So, you know, we can come back here next Tuesday and talk about what a great run they've been on or – you know, in two weeks, they could be just on a tear. So we're still far enough out to where they can get their stuff together. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get into a series and not just one, well, one game playing. All right. Boy. Yeah. Once, once you get in, you know, anything can happen in baseball. So it's all about just getting in, in the dance, right? Like you get sure. in with pitching bullpen, you get a good break here, break there. Anything can happen. Somebody's asking in the chat about wings available. There's not much out there right now. Uh, well, I figured they would come after one of the veterans yeah. that might want to, you know, trade for. I mean, they could still trade and grab a like a older veteran that can actually, you know, shoot from the outside, like we did with Kyle yeah. Korver, you know, like we did yeah. with, you know, set up for LeBron. So, I mean, we could still get that guy, but you know, I, I think they may start Lavert at the three. No, well, they might. I mean, that okay. That would be okay sure. with me, but I mean, what I would do honestly is I would stick a Coro's ass right in the corner, right there on the bench, and say, yeah. "Guess what, buddy? You keep shooting shots, and you're not leaving this spot for a very long time. You're going to be shooting right here the entire time." He's so just, valuable because he takes away, you know, he takes the responsibility off of Garland and Mitchell, whoever else, of guarding the opponent's best player every right. night. And so he's, Cora is so valuable that way. Uh, there's nothing here. Jakar, Samson, uh, Nicole, yep. Nicolo, Melly, uh, he was on the Mavs, Alfonso McKinney. None of these guys are real good shooters. You know, these are more fours even. So, I don't... Maybe they start... I mean, they have Rubio. I think their bench will be okay, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. They have Rubio. They have... Um, who did I just say that they're going to start the three? Levert. Levert. They got Love. They got... Um, yeah. Oh, God. Who is the other center that they picked up that's old? Uh... They were they Lopez, they, Lopez? Did they pick oh, up yeah. Lopez? Yeah, they yeah. picked up a Lopez. I don't know which one, but they picked up a mm-hmm. Lopez. But, okay, I mean, Robin or maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, boys, guess what? It's football time. It's here. We just, we just had college football all weekend. 
I watch college football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but now it's time for the NFL. And your Browns play on Sunday against a formidable person that used to be here, Baker Mayfield and Carolina Panthers. Let's get into our week one preview with the Carolina Panthers. Now, the first question I got to ask both of you, okay, because I've been kind of in and out with work and everything else. Have we signed a wide receiver at all? I saw no. we picked up a quarterback. I saw we picked up a tackle. Yeah. Have we tight signed end. and a tight end? <laughs> yes, we did pick up another tight end. We haven't picked up another wide receiver though. No. This are is they, your wide receiver room. Are they delusional right. or do they just not see it or do they just not care? My assumption is that um They they look at Felton as a wide receiver, so that makes six, right? Uh, they look at uh, Woods as a guy that they drafted. They like how explosive he is. Uh, I'll preface this by saying I don't agree with what I'm saying, but I'm just trying to yeah. you know justify what the Browns are thinking. Because I think you know Cooper preseason, it's been a glaring hole that you have yeah. a hole at wide receiver. And everybody's like, well, Cooper isn't playing, Chubb isn't playing, Hunt's not playing. Doesn't mean shit. You still got to complete passes, and you should be able to complete at least a pass to your number two, your number three, and number four. I don't know why we cannot seem to get a passing game going with this team. And it's going to be our Achilles heel all for this year, I believe, until Deshaun shows up. And that is if Deshaun's right. But this, I, I said it last week, I mean, this passing game scares me right now because when you get to third and seven and you need a first down, what are they going to do? Like, who are they going to go to? Uh, Cooper might be double teamed, and they might go have to go hard on the other wide receivers and trust them. And right now the trust is kind of like, <laughs> Yeah, Schwartz uh, has to be, as far as I'm concerned, like they did made the decision not to cut him, but he needs to be pushed down the depth chart and like i heard grossy say that and i'm like for who though like and at the time woods was hurt right so you know i I didn't realize that he was ready to come back right away and he's going to be ready for week one and everything so that's a good thing And, and it's a lot of hoping and wishing in that room right you're like okay we've got cooper great uh, we've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was very efficient last year, but you hope he can take on more volume and, and produce at that same efficiency level, right? And, and become a wide receiver, a legit wide receiver, too. You hope that. You hope that David Bell becomes a dynamic slot guy. You hope that Felton can fill in there and, and bring you some playmaking ability and some big hitter ability. You hope that... Uh, Woods can, as a rookie, contribute if you get some guys dinged up, right? You hope that Schwartz can stretch the field, but, like, he hasn't been able to show the ability to catch the ball yet or even utilize his speed on the field. So it's a lot of hoping right now, Um, and and that's scary, especially when it's Brissett. Like, I look at this team, and I I used to say, like, 2 through 53 – they're super talented, but it's almost like they're super talented except for... And they're still talented at wide receiver. They're just not proven, right? Um, 
and I think they made a huge mistake. You don't go this far with a roster and go through all the things that the Browns have done this offseason and taken all the heat that they've taken to get here and come up just a couple players short of finishing the roster. It feels incomplete in the wide receiver room. And that's that bothers me. It's very bothersome. And I worry about that big time. Are any of these guys going to be able to get separation? Maybe they see something we don't. I like Andrew Barry. I, I, I like Kevin Stefanski. I think that... Uh, I will say this. Stefanski schemed guys open a lot last year. And Baker just didn't throw him the ball. So, like, maybe he can do the same thing for this team. Maybe that's what they're depending on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised too. like, you know, I, I was watching the cut list. I had a every day crossing guys names off, writing them down, taking this guy, that guy, Tyler Johnson became available. He got picked up, I think before the Browns would have been able to claim him. He was one of the guys I had on the list. Uh, the kid, the, the guy from, uh, Kansas city, uh, went to Las Vegas and got cut uh Robinson and he got picked up by the Ravens so I mean they had some opportunities there there were some people out there they could have made a trade I mean Jalen Rager got traded uh you know did Mims ever get traded I don't think he did right I don't think he did but Chanel mm-hmm. got traded Chanel got traded uh so, I mean there's been guys there's been movement and rumblings about so. people becoming available but you know what cost i mean like briar are you concerned about the wide receiver room as kind of we are a little bit yeah i i don't know how you can't be um just because we have one proven commodity and that's uh amari cooper the other guys i think obviously the browns are hoping that they can uh that they can turn into something but they're young and obviously we're not going to see it in preseason because with that vanilla game plan they're not going to show anything we kind of learned that mitchell schwartz and there I go again, Mitchell. <laughs> Take a drink. Oh. Anthony Schwartz um, is just maybe not going to turn into anything. I mean, unless he can get out of his own head and learn how to catch the football without uh, getting the yips. Um, but these other guys, it's just going to take the regular season to see how they react to uh, live action. And preseason is not going to get them ready for it. Uh, practices might a little bit, but um, – but they're just going to have to be thrown into the fire and see how they react. And, you know, the wide receivers in the NFL, it's such a saturated position. I think there's somebody that we'll be able to find out there to bring in and just in case uh, it's just an abomination. Yeah. All right. Now the other question marks, Christian McCaffrey is healthy. Baker Mayfield's healthy. All right. There's going to be a lot of coming out of that backfield with those two. All right. Defensive tackles. They're young, they're unproven, everything else. Normally we see Christian McCaffrey play for about four games, get injured, and then he's out the rest of the season. But this year he's healthy. We got to play him the first game. We don't know what's going to happen. And Christian McCaffrey, when he is on the field, he is a difference maker. He is a true dynamite difference maker. How would you feel about Christian McCaffrey going up against this defensive line and how everything's going? It's interesting, you know, they don't, they're not going to use him like, I mean, it's not like he's a bruising back, they're not going to run him through the tackles a ton, so I'm not really, like, worried about, like, the interior as much, it's, 
it's going to be more on like the linebacking core, right? Like uh, JOK and and um, anybody in that Walker, uh, you know, whoever they have out there uh, to run this guy down, right? Like it's going to be on them. Um, I think more than anything now, like I did a deep dive kind of on this offense, right? Like, could, here's the thing with the Carolina offense: the Browns are kind of at a disadvantage, right? Okay, so the Joe Brady was their OC last year. They fired him. They hired Ben McAdoo. Then they bring in Mayfield, and you've got McAdoo and Mayfield, um, and there's no book out on them, right? Like, there's no nobody knows what they're gonna run, really together so i kind of did a deep dive i did an article and a show on it last night on what mcadoo runs and is he the kind of guy that will like let's be honest like stefanski tried to make it easy for baker right like stefanski heavy personnel right uh you know 13 12 personnel uh good run game bruising run game lots of uh, play action, right? And that's where Baker thrived. McAdoo is like the polar opposite. Like, in his time in New York, he is a uh, spread-it-out shotgun, uh, straight, true drop-back passer. So, like, that's what he had with Eli Manning. That's what he had when he was the QB coach with, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So, like, is that what he's going to ask of Baker Mayfield? I hope so, because, you know... A lot of what the Browns did was take away, you know, half the field for Mayfield. And he didn't have to do, like, real complex progressions and and protections in the pocket. And uh, he never threw for a ton of volume, right? But that's kind of what McAdoo has done in the past. So my interest is to see, you know, something's got to give here, right? Like, we saw, like, it's basically he's he's a McCarthy disciple. So what the... The Giants ran with Eli Manning and McAdoo as their OC and then head coach was like a watered-down version of what McCarthy ran, right? Um, and then he was even the QB coach with McCarthy, or a consultant with McCarthy last year in Dallas. So um, he's kind of followed him around most of his NFL career, except for when he was in charge in New York. So going back and looking at that, it's like, is this guy going to come in and look at Baker Mayfield and be like, um, eh, you know, here's what I believe in and here's what I've had all my success with my whole career. Let me just throw that out the window and install, teach, and call a totally different offense. Unlikely, right? Probably more than anything, it's just going to be a tweaked version of what he's always run. So that's what I expect. I expect them to put more on Baker Mayfield than the Browns did. I expect them to... You know, expect him to be a true drop-back passer and uh, work the intermediate in the short pass game, and they're going to feed CMC. And it's not like, you know, if it wasn't Matt Rule, right, if it was somebody that had some job security, you would almost treat uh, McCaffrey like, eh, let's treat him with kid gloves, but what does Matt Rule have to lose? His job's on the line. He's got to win. He's going to use him as much as he needs to, right? So, um it's this this uh offenses will be interesting like the browns don't really know what to expect probably they probably did similar work to what i did and they're probably saying hey it's going to be you know mcadoo 
you know, version three here with Baker Mayfield, uh, with a little bit of this and that that maybe helps Mayfield along in this process. Um, it'll be interesting to see how successful it is. Like, if you're Joe Woods in the Browns defense, you have this goal in mind, in my opinion. Knowing Baker Mayfield the way the Browns do, and this is what Joe Woods' philosophy is anyways, right? Don't give up the big play. Make them work the ball down the field. 10 play drives, 12 play drives. Can Mayfield be patient enough to take what the defense is giving him, throw to the check down, not try to squeeze it in a window downfield? You know, he's going to be super hyped up, right? We know that. Like, is he going to be patient enough to take what's there and work the ball down the field on a long 10, 12, 13, 14 play drive and score without turning it over? without forcing it in somewhere because he's hyped up and he's trying to do too much. I don't know. I, I would like to, I would like to bet that with our secondary and our defense forcing him to work the ball down the field like that, maybe you turn him over once or twice. And I think you're in good position if you can do that. Bri, is there anything about this matchup against Carolina that you find interesting or kind of concerns you? Uh, I think something that's maybe going under the radar, maybe gone talked about a little bit, is uh, just how good this Carolina defense is. Um, I know all the attention goes to Baker and his revenge game and Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury and how's Jacoby Brissett going to do, but this defense is the real deal. They're top five, top ten. I think they're just as good uh, as the Browns, so... I kind of look for it to be a low-scoring game, and typically uh, whoever wins a turnover battle and low-scoring games kind of wins the game. So I just I hope we come out on the right side of that. Maybe we can turn Baker over a couple times, maybe get a fumble or something, and, uh, yeah, just run the clock out after that. Okay. Um, so Lawrence texted me about our fantasy draft. We might mm-hmm. have to push it back about a few minutes, bud. Just okay. a few, because she, she's got volleyball and she doesn't get bat off until eight, so we might have to push it back like ten minutes. Just to make yeah, sure we'll everybody. Start, we can start eight fifteen, eight thirty. That's fine. All right. So with that being said, um, yeah, you giggle over there with you know your fantasy draft that I had to. How did I get the first pick? Anyways, that's some BS. I don't like the first pick, but well, I, what, you're <laughs> complaining about the first pick. Yes, I don't like the first. <laughs> I like other people deciding, and then who I complains about the first pick? Everybody does. No. Yeah, they. Do. I would have taken the first pick. Who'd you uh, pick? You sure. Uh, Josh Allen. It's I went pick. straight. I went straight quarterback right out of the gate, and I just yep. It, Quarterbacks, I, super flex league. They're flying off the shelf. For sure. All right. So with this matchup, all right, we got to get a score. We got to figure out what they are going to do. So. <laughs> Brad have a prediction on the score coming up for this game. Uh the line is forty one. Yesterday it was forty one. Or the over under is forty one. Over under. The line it moved today to two, I think. Or DraftKings has it at two. Plus two. So that means Carolina's pretty much just favored because they're at home. Yeah, basically, like, neutral site, it'd be a pick right? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the way that I look, <laughs> I look at that. Um, 
But yeah, no, 40, 40, uh, that's my, I'm wrong. Uh, 41 and a hook at, uh, FanDuel, 42 and a hook at Caesars. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that's the over-under, right around 41 or 42. Um, you know, their defense is good, right? Like, Jeremy Chin is a stud. They have, they added a lot of, I mean, like, they, you go through their defense, they have names galore here real quick. Um, but the one thing that they were not able to do last year is stop the run. Like, that's kind of their Achilles heel, is they can't really stop the run. Now, they did do some moving around, so they acquired this, um, or they, they're using this, uh, Matt Ionitis guy, uh, as kind of a one-tech, three-tech. They're going to move him around, but they're, they're depending on him a lot to stop, uh, the run, uh, as they moving uh, Derek Brown more to um, his natural position, where they had to kind of play out of position last year to try to stop the run. So, but they but they loaded. You know, Brian Burns, as I mentioned, Derek Brown, Yeter uh, Gross Matos from a couple years ago coming out in the draft. Corey Littleton, uh, you know, their corners are good. J.C. Horn, uh, free safety Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson. Uh, is their other cornerback? I mean, they Shaq Thompson. Their defense is loaded, right? But I do think you might be able to run the ball on them. But you, the problem is going to become once again: can you throw enough to run the ball? Can you throw enough to loosen up that box a little bit? Uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it'll be kind of a dog, uh, you know, a dog fight. Uh, I actually think the Browns are going to win. Yeah, I, I know we're one twenty, one twenty-one and one <laughs> in openers. Uh, the last time they won an opener was two thousand four. I was there. Uh, Bowler was their quarterback, um, and uh, they beat the Ravens at home. I I was in the stadium that day. So Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, uh, so long time, and I mean, like this opener thing is insane, right? Like this uh-huh. is like insane that you can go that many years without winning an opener. This has got to be the biggest opener since '99, at least in my opinion. Uh, or is that hyperbole? Year, I was gonna say last year against Kansas City, though. I mean, that was uh, okay. I mean, that yeah. was, I mean, it was a great matchup. I mean, were we supposed to, I mean, we could have won, but I mean, it just, you know, yeah, I get what you're saying. There's so, just so much on the line here as far as like, you know, a win here for the Browns is like two for the Browns. Like this yeah, win sure. would be well, so much. Uh, and then. Especially for the perception of all the media and everything around it, because the organization, I mean, if they, if they win, then that means, guess what? We've won. We wash our hands of Baker. It's done. It's over with. We don't have to talk about it anymore. But the if entire out, world yeah. is rooting for the Panthers. Yeah, but if right. Baker goes out, right. beats the Browns, and it's like, guess what? We got to talk about for the next eleven weeks. Hey, it's gonna, did they really screw up this trade? Like, and then there it goes. So, yes, the Browns need this win. Do you have a Which, score in mind? 
Yeah, which isn't really... Let me say this. It's not really a fair. Like, if he comes out and beats him, it's not like it's a bad trade just because he beats you in one no, game. No, but I mean, that's what everybody... That's what they're going to say. Yeah, well, he wanted out. He didn't want to be in Cleveland. It's not like we had a right. choice. We uh, just chose uh, to trade him. He he wasn't. He was going to be cancer in the locker room if you kept him around. Well, Brian, who wouldn't be cancer in the locker room when you trade? I'm not. I'm not trying to justify. I'm just telling it like it is. The facts. Of I it, think he wanted you know, out. Whatever the reason. Anyways, I think he wanted right. out before they His even played for Watson. Yeah, that could be too. Him and Stefanski not getting along. Oh yeah, I mean there was beef behind the scenes, and you know most people don't know about and. I, I get it. It's just it it's a narrative that will con you know just pretty much hang over Cleveland like a black cloud until this first week is done. Once this first week is done, if the Browns win, starts to open up a little bit, all right, we can move on from this. If it they lose, the cloud's still there for a little bit until we can kind of relieve. Like it's just it's just weird. It's weird playing in week one especially after him going to Carolina, barely picking up the offense and everything. It's just, it's like, why week one? Like, you know, we can anticipate like week eight, but nope, right out of the gate. We're getting you right out of the gate. Like he looks, he looks good too. He looks good. He looks healthy. Um, well, we got to get your score on paper because Brian's writing down our scores. Cause we're having a little, Brian and I always have a little, uh little write off on this. We always put a little something, something, on the side, and I think we always put a bottle of whiskey and I think pizza, isn't it, Brian? Sure. Yeah, I think that's what we've done in the past. So that's what we kind of <laughs> do for this. So okay. And normally uh, I go with the guest, but since you picked Cleveland, hold you know, on. I, you want my score though, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think they win. 27-17. Sweet. Take Mark that. It Mark it down it. on the side, Brian. Yep. Brian. It's a uh it, it's a it has to be it has to happen at some point, right? Like this has to change at some point. Um I think Baker throws two touchdowns and I think he throws two picks. And Browns win 27-17. Run game looks good. Uh, Njoku has a big day. And uh, they win. All right, Brian, what about you there, big fella? Yeah, like Brad said, I, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, I think maybe all of our excitement throughout the preseason kind of comes to fruition in, in week number one. And I think the defense plays their ass off. I think, you know, our defensive line, our secondary get after it. They, you know, Baker Mayfield doesn't have a whole lot of friends in those rooms. So they've got that extra motivation. So I think Cade York comes through. I'm saying 19 13. 19 to 13. Listen to that. 19 13. Four field goals. Now, normally. I go with our guest most of the time. I can't do it on this one. I think our pass game is broken. I think they're going to do what Pittsburgh did, line up the box and just pretty much just feast and see what happens. I picked the Panthers to win 21 to 17. 
and it hurts me to say that. But I like I'm with you guys. I think it's a muddy game, muddy, muddy, muddy game. But I think McCaffrey is going to do just enough to get the Panthers to win because past couple of years, if you haven't watched, the Panthers actually came out and won the first few weeks right out of the gate, and they've been solid. They've been ready to go. I don't know if this past game is ready to go, but I do know the one person that I'm actually looking forward to in this past game, and it's not Njoku. I think Harrison Bryant might have a big game this game. I think they're going to kind of do a more run with both tight ends, and I think Harrison Bryant's going to come out with a few catches and maybe a touchdown out of this. I think he's going to have a good day, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it certainly could go that way, right? Like, it, it could be ugly. Uh, there's no question. Um, I think one advantage that the Browns have is that Stefanski is a much better NFL coach than Matt Rule. And I think that he will out-coach him and out-scheme him. And he's going to have to offensively for this. Whoa. I'm sorry, Brad. That was like, he literally like disappeared. I know. Like he, Crazy, It was like right? a, a magic trick. He was for there his, and then. For as big of a fellow he is, he has light. Yeah. That was impressive. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think Stefanski has to scheme it up, get some guys open, you know, take the shots when they're there. And I think he'll do that. And uh, he shuts up some of the naysayers a little bit that have kind of come down hard on him for last year. He had a quarterback that wouldn't do what he asked him to do. Jacoby Brissett will do what he asked him to do. He has no other choice. Well, well, why would you not want to do what your coach asked you to do? I understand that. But, I mean, like, I – I'm still talking up to like last year with the injuries and everything else. It was just a crap year. I, I just, I understand the turmoil behind the scenes. It just, it is. I just move on. We're all past it. It, it's done. It's done. It's over with. Just yeah. So you know he didn't have a quarterback that would deliver the ball when he got guys open, and so I just think you know preparation wise for this team this defense and, and i think that uh stefanski has um schemed up ready to go and and uh Brissett has an efficient day not a spectacular day but an efficient day and uh they win yeah I, so now do i think they're gonna be fantastic or anything like that without for this 11 games? No, but can they go like 5 and 6 and stay in it? Yeah, I think they can. Right. 5 and 6, 6 and 5 maybe if the ball bounces the right way for these 11 games. But uh, I do think that this is one of the games they can win. That um, If you put the Panthers in a position where they can't ride all this momentum and all of this 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 energy that they're coming in with right because of baker mayfield or if you just knock that off path a little bit i think you have a chance to beat them uh in carolina which would be quite the feat because i think they have they have they have a decent team i mean like they have a team that could go 500 too i think so 
it, this is no easy game by at all. Like this is really tough to go into Carolina and beat this team. Yeah. Um, but I think Stefanski's a better coach, and I think he'll have him ready. Brad, I can't thank you enough for joining us. We love you. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, we have Fat Boy. We still Tuesday. got half hour left. We we got to get on. We got to get on to a pancake. All right. So is pancakes bread? Real quick. I guess kind of, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we had some people say no. So. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Is it bread? I don't know. I don't know. That's what we're about to get into. Here. How, uh, how are you going to figure that out? Who determines that? We don't know who determines it, but Isaac Rochelle brought it up, and I thought it was actually really cool that he brought it up because you can actually put in, like, what what is a crepe? Is a crepe a tortilla? Like, you know, is it's just mashful because you don't. Who gives a shit? Well, you got to think about stuff like that. We're fat people. Why? Because we love food. I mean, if pancakes, bread, can you make sandwiches what? out of it? Uh, I, well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, they I make mean, a, they make McGriddle. a, uh, a McGriddle. I mean, that's like good. a pancake. But sure. I mean, is it considered bread or is it, uh. Just a novelty item. It's bread. I no? Know, I don't know about that. that. What are the contents that make up a pancake? Flour. Flour and uh, milk, pretty much. Milk, egg. Yeah. Isn't I, that what's in bread? I guess. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing over here on this side. It got weird over here. We we started talking about it, and I was like, "All right, well, we love pancakes." But you sit there. So and why do you care if it's bread or not? I don't. It's a topic to talk about. It's car. There's carbs in it, right? Yeah, it's delicious. It's delicious, but it, but it's yeah, it's like a form of bread. What, what else would it be? A cake? A pastry? It's not a pastry. It might be a pastry. Why wouldn't it be a pastry? It's not. Do you not? It's pick- not a pastry. Do you not put drizzles on pastries or croissants? Sure, you do, but it's like a it's a mainstream breakfast item. It's not like a, a little dessert. It's like a it's a it's a core meal. Uh, you know, to, it's a core part of breakfast: waffles, pancakes, French toast, bread. Okay, you heard it here. Brad said it is bread. I mean. Right? I, I'm what just, the hell else is it? I don't know, but half of Twitter said no. So, I mean, I put the Twitter poll out, and I had half the Twitter poll say no. Let me go on the record fully here and say that I don't give a crap either way. But it seems like it's bread. Okay. Seems like it's bread. Okay. I get that. I get that. <laughs> All right. You can catch Brad. On all eyes on Cleveland. It's a type of batter bread. Yeah. Okay. Craig Foster. That's what Craig says. Of course Craig would say that. And it's Brett, Jared. Uh, It is not Brett. It's bread. There's a difference, Jose. Jose likes to talk into his phone a little differently than we do. So, What? Jose is one of our friends that we work with. And he does the talk to text. 
So it oh, actually, my wife does it, and it drives me insane. I, you know, she like does it, and I never know what the hell she's saying. Well, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the most annoying thing in the world. It's like, first of all, you look down at your text messages, and it's like seven paragraphs long. Because when you're talking, you don't realize how much you're saying. And I'm like, who wants to read a text message that's that long? You know, just get to the point. You know, like three words, like. Be there in five minutes. Getting this, like, it's this long dialogue of nonsense, like, you know, and then and half of it doesn't make sense because you're talking into your phone and it interprets it wrong. So it says like you you went to the moon to get milk or whatever. It's crazy, right? I mean, it's just it's insane. I, it drives me nuts. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. Talking into your phone to text message. Yeah. That's the world we live in now, Brad. I can't believe you're kicking me off the show already. This is I'm, crazy. I'm, well, you've been on for 40 minutes. Uh, what? I'm sorry. We we were wanting to do an NFL preview with me and Bry. Yeah, we did it. It's cool. Okay. All right. That's it. That's all you need from me. See you later. I, I love you, brother. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, Bry. Thanks, Brad. Have a good one. Yes, Brad, yeah. On all eyes yeah. on Cleveland and on the Browns wire, please check out his stuff. He's got great stuff. They have. Um, he's also a blue wire, and all his content you can actually find on ours too. Because I try to retweet it whenever I can. Because all his stuff is absolutely amazing. I really truly appreciate your time, Brad. Thank you. Yeah, you guys have a a, a lovely evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Brad Ward from All Eyes on Cleveland. Can't thank him enough. I love Brad so much. And his insight, especially for the Browns, is absolutely amazing, especially when we're talking about the wide receivers and everything else. Um, Bri, we got to get into a little bit with the um, NFL preview. I mean, you wanted to do this. We got to go through the NFL. Um so let's go with our brand right now. We got to go with a little bit of AFC North. Okay, big guy. Yeah. You there? Okay, I just want to make I got sure you there. Okay. All right. So AFC North, we are going to get into who is your top dog in the AFC North. It's got to be the Browns. <laughs> I mean, I've never really been a huge believer of this saying Cleveland against the world. Um, but it, it's nobody wants to see you win. The national media hates you. Uh, the other owners hate you for giving Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money. Um, yeah, nobody wants to see you have any success this year. So hopefully that galvanizes everybody and they come together. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's going to be throwing bouquets at Joe Burrow and, the Steelers, as always, and uh, Lamar Jackson. So they're going to be crapping on the Browns. They won't give them any credit. So you got to come together and rise above all that. All right. So you got. So give me one through four, especially just for the AFC North. After this, we'll kind of piece together the rest of the NFL preview. But one is Browns. Number two. Oh, where do I think they're going to finish? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I have the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to win the North. Um, Bengals one. Yeah, I put the Bengals one. I probably honestly put the Ravens two, and then the Browns three, and the Steelers four. Um, just because the Browns have so much going against them with uh, with Jacoby Brissett. When you're hoping for five 
and six finish in the first 11 games, it's going to be hard to finish, you know, with 10 wins or 11 wins or something that uh, these other teams are capable of. So, yeah, I mean, they can still sneak into the playoffs as the third best team in the AFC North. But uh, right now, I just can't predict them to be above the Bengals or the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you, except I got a little flip off. I think the Ravens, I think they're above Cincinnati because I think, I really, I think last year injuries hampered them horribly. I mean, they lost all their running backs. Um, the only thing that scares me about the Ravens is their wide receiver core, but you know, now that they're starting to get healthy running backs back, Lamar's back, I think they're poised to go to the AFC North again. And I think the Bengals finished second. I think actually the Browns tie with the Bengals if everything goes well. And then Steelers fourth. But, you know, AFC North is so hard to predict because they're all, I mean, Steelers under Tomlin have never had a losing season, I don't think, right? It's either been. No, not that I know. So you add that in. So, you, I mean, you got to at least go 10 and 7 to do any kind of damage here in the AFC North, and that's going to be hard to do. Right. All right, let's go AFC East. All right, that's Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, and Jags. Jets, 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 Jags or South. Mm-hmm. All right, Jags who takes South. that division? Gotta be the Bills, right? Right, it's hard to pick against the Bills in that division. I mean, I, I'm not a big believer in the Dolphins. I think uh, the Patriots, with their offensive woes, not Having an offensive coordinator is kind of crazy to me. Um, so, yeah, it's the Bills to have. What do you think? I am going to go. I think it's the Bills to have, but I'm kind of different than you. I think Miami might be a little more sneaky than a lot of people think. I think they might be a team that might catch the back end of a wild card to get in. I think they're right on the borderline talent-wise. I mean, they got – I mean, they went for Tyreek Hill – they got Tua still. They're still trying to figure out Tua, but, I mean, they got a decent running game now. Offensive line has been a little bit better. Defense has actually been somewhat decent. Miami might be close to the point where they are out of the doldrum and right in the middle ranks where they could might get a 9-8 and eight and sneak in on a wild card or a 10-7 and sneak in on a wild card. Depends on how the ball bounces for them. But I think they sure. might be right there at that point in time because I don't see the Patriots falling off that much, but I see the Patriots around 500, you know, the nine and eight, like I, I see Miami and the Patriots kind of the same boat. And then I see Buffalo. And then, I mean, let's be honest, this is jets. So I don't know what to expect from the jets. Um, AFC South, which is Indianapolis, which still kind of boggles me with Indianapolis being in the South. They should be anyways. Uh, Indianapolis, Houston, Jags, and Texans. Texans. Yep. No, Titans. I got Titans, Texans, uh, Jags, and Colts. Yeah. Um, I'm going with the Colts, I guess. Uh, I'm not super convinced that they can top the uh, the Titans. I mean, let's not forget the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year without Derrick Henry for half the season. So they're a damn good team. 
I just don't know if they can keep that pace up for a second season. And and I think the Colts have a, a very complete roster. And with Matty Ice coming in, maybe he gives them a spark. He might be, you know, unless he's totally washed, he might be the best uh, quarterback they've had since Andrew Luck. So, yeah, I like him a lot. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Colts also. I think um, I know they Titans got Derrick Henry, but JT has proven to be a force once you're – and, you know, what's nice about this is there's complimentary passing now. You know, you can do the play action with JT and actually hit, you know, Paris Campbell. Is Paris Campbell still there? I think he is. You got Paris so. Campbell. Yeah. You got Alec Pierce. You still got Pittman there. Like, you have some really – young wide receivers that you can actually mold. And also this is kind of a breath of fresh air for Matty ice because he's behind a decent offensive line for first time in a very long time. So for him to sit back here and just start picking people off, I think that's my sleeper possibly for AFC championship is that team right there. Wow. And the only reason why I say it is JT with the running game they have, but Matty Ice, if Matty Ice can catch a second wind after being in, you know, Atlanta, going through all that stuff, and then coming out on the backside of it, I really do think they can make some noise in the AFC. So <laughs> now we got the AFC West and the juggernaut that is the AFC West. So you got the Chiefs, the Broncos, the not the charge, the Chargers. And Raiders, Raiders. God, why do I? I always see like I understand they're in the West, but it's like I think Kansas City more central. It just blows my mind, Brian. But this this is probably one of the toughest conferences to get through, especially with the quarterbacks that are there. You got Herbert, you got Wilson, you got Patty Mahomes, and you got Derek Carr. So, Brian, who do you see coming out of this AFC West? It's hard to think or, or to bet against Patrick <laughs> Mahomes just because he's had so much success already in his career. And it seems like whenever he gets the ball last, he wins that game uh, 90% of the time. So, it's hard to go against them. Maybe I'm stupid for doing it, but I'll, I'll go Chargers. I think uh, the improvements they made on their defense – with Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, you know, they still have Bosa and Derwin James. Um, and it's one more year. They pretty much get a lot of their offense back. Uh, they have a up-and-coming offensive line, I think. And Justin Herbert is, you know, maybe a dark horse uh, pick to win MVP this year with the type of numbers he put up last year. And one more year, one more season in that system. So give me the Chargers. Brian, I'm with you, but I got a sneaky, sneaky second. I think Kansas City might take a step back, and I really think it might be a bigger step than what a lot of people think. Kelsey's getting up there in age. They got a lot of young wide receivers, but I really do think the acquisition of Russell Wilson in Denver with that young wide receiver core, with that running back that they got with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, as a tandem back, I think Denver also might be right there in the screaming match. And I think I think the Chargers take it outright, but I believe Denver's going to be right on their heels. 
Sure. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch. I mean, those games are going to be a ton of fun. They're just going to be slinging the ball all over the place. So I can't wait. Give me more. All right. So, Brian, we also know that the NFC, which, you know, you're going to have to walk me through that one because I really don't pay attention to the NFC because it's the NFC. But the NFC North, we got the, the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears. I did get that right. one right. There so, you go. Ryan, the NFC North, who do you think's coming out of that one? It, it sounds like it might be a little hot takey, but I just think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, eventually he's going to have to take a step back, um, and I, he just doesn't have a whole lot of help other than, you know, a couple pretty good running backs. Hopefully uh, he'll get his left tackle back, um, who's a stud, but he doesn't have anybody to throw to, and he'll still be great. But I think maybe this is a year that Minnesota overtakes them. All right. I still think it's A.A. Ron Rogers. Just I think this might be his last year at the top of that mountain. But he's also got to get a lot of help. His weapons are gone. He's got brand new wide receivers to throw to, and we'll find out how elite he is. So he's been elite for I don't know how long. Uh, my Bears, remember what happened. Yes, it was a preseason game. Like, <laughs> uh, I do remember. I was at that. I was actually at the Bears game this year and last year. How many times yeah. did Justin Fields get sacked? Eight, nine? I think it was. It was, it was, it yeah, was really eight, eight sacks. Yeah. yeah well, when really Miles awesome. Garrett was actually playing. Funny Bears fan comes back at his sister and tar- starts talking crap about the Bears. He just likes to get a little digging anywhere he can. All so, he was waiting all show for this. I know he was. I know he was. <laughs> all right, so we got the NFC East Giants. Well, it came the Commanders, right? Commanders. Eagles, right? And Cowboys. All right. Who do you see coming out of that one? <laughs> I got the Cowboys. Uh, I don't love saying that. I think maybe. They're not going to be great, but they just play in such a weak division. And honestly, everyone's so high on the Eagles and their uh, their roster, top to bottom. I just I don't really buy into it. I think they're pretty good, but uh, I think they were like. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they were the second best team on Madden, which I think is so. just crazy to me. Uh, so everyone's super high on the Eagles. I just I mean. Cowboys won it last year. I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts is pretty limited in what he can do. So give me the Cowboys again. I'm going to go with a sneaky one here, and I'm going to go with the Washington Command. No way, Carson Wentz. The only reason why they got Scary Terry, they got they got weapons. Oh on the yeah, they get the Ohio State guys. Uh, Chase oh, yes, Young. They do. Well, they got Chase Young. <laughs> there you Terry, go. They got. Um, Braxton God, Miller, uh, JT Barrett. That's all right, sure. right? Just don't be a hater. It's okay. All right. <laughs> I see, all right. I see NFC, your method, your madness. Yeah, I know. NFC South, we got the Saints, Bucks, uh, Panthers, and Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons. That's the other one. That's they're not relevant. So Falcons are going to finish last. So, yeah, right. Give me your top one. Obviously, it's the Bucks, it, right? Right. Unless Tom Brady gets hurt, th- then it's wide open. If Brady gets hurt, it's wide open. Or if he just falls <laughs> off a cliff, then you know, you know maybe the Saints have a chance, or the Panthers have a chance. You know what I'm curious to see is the Saints 
because we got to see a little bit of glimpse with that offense with Jameis Winston, and then he got hurt. And they were actually doing really good with that. I, I kind of sure. just want to see it play out, see what happens. Um, yep. NFC West, we got the Rams, we got I don't even Cardinals, we got Rams, Lewis, Cardinals, yeah, uh, Seattle, and uh, uh, Niners. Well, one of those teams doesn't count anymore, so Seattle's out of it. They're trying to get a top wide or top quarterback, so they're out of it. San Francisco having quarterback problems like you wouldn't believe. Uh, Rams defending Super Bowl champions. Can they do it again? And Arizona paid their boy Kyler Murray. And D-Hop is suspended for, was it, six games? So who do you have coming out of this one, bud? Even though I think he's vastly overrated because he hasn't played football in like, you know, two years and last time he played was in division two. Uh, I'll go with the Niners. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan has got it. A finely tuned machine down there with the running game and the defense. And uh, you know, you just need your quarterback to not make too many mistakes. Like we saw Garoppolo. So yeah, I think maybe the Rams have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I'm going to go with the Cods on this one. I think with Kyler Murray getting a contract that he got, they got James Conner, who actually did actually do a good running game. I think they could pull something out because last few years, don't forget, they've been seven and zero, eight and one, nine and one. They just faltered at the end. They get a hot start, so they can get a hot start and keep it again. I think they could do it and pull it through. All right, which one am I missing now? Yes, no, that was it. You got it. That up. was it. Yes, sir. Oh, nice. Look at that, Brian. I did it. How about that? Heck yeah. All right. So let's let's get into now, Brian, I gotta get your opinion on this. It is Fat Boy Tuesday. What pancake or pancakes bread? The reason why I brought it up is Isaac Rochelle actually did put it out on Twitter and he asked a question. And you sit there and think about it, and yes, it technically can be considered bread. It really can be. But when you think of bread, you think of like French toast. Like that's bread. Like it's hard to define what a pancake, a waffle that can kind of come into it, a crepe that can come into it is. So Bry, do you think a pancake is bread? Let me start out my answer by saying I got about 10 minutes before I got to get out of here for uh, for the fantasy football draft. So well, since you and Brad bread. covered it, I'm just going to say I, I believe it's bread. Yeah, I mean, okay. like he said, it, a griddle, you got bread. If cornbread is bread, if uh, biscuits are bread, then I believe pancakes are bread also. All right. I, okay. I'll agree with you. I just – I can't believe Twitter said no. I mean, it was it – Twitter's was like, a wild place. Not 50, a whole lot of common sense on Twitter. It was 57 to 43. No. Yeah, I think some yeah. people just want to be contrarians. Oh, of course. It's Twitter. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, Bryce. So let's get into our fun top three that you picked out for us. And I, I can't wait to do it because we were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago. Our top three college traditions that we like. All right. And I'll go first because I know you got a fantasy football draft you got to get to. So my, go number for it. Th- my number three is the wave. They're in Iowa when they turn back to the children's hospital, do the wave to the hospital and all the kids. That is Iowa, right? 
Yes, it is. So do they like wave to the yeah. or is it Everybody, the uh, No, no, the fourth quarter, when it comes to like the fourth quarter at halftime, the whole stadium turns and waves at all the kids and the children's hospital cool. there. Very which cool. is absolutely amazing. Gives those kids a boost, and I love every bit of it. My number two, which I'm sticking to the Big Ten, Wisconsin, fourth quarter, jump around, baby. When right. they start going nuts, that place goes absolutely insane. And my number one, and Brian, this might get you a little bit, the run down the hill, Clemson. Oh, okay. Touching the rock. Right down, is that where they touch the rock? rock right down the hill. Now, honorable mention. And the reason why it's an honorable mention is watching it when they played Ohio State, Virginia Tech with inner Sandman coming right. into the – how awesome is that? That That is just – Love it. Love uh, it. Unreal. Unreal. So, Brad, give me your top three. Well, I'll give you – kind of cockamamie way to do it. You just mentioned it. So, inner Sandman was my number two. Uh, okay. Yeah, just the way the whole place gets jazzed up, and and that's like the perfect song. That build up to it is just unbelievable. So, Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech, my number two, my number three. You'll find a uh, you'll find a common thread between all mine. They all have to do with music. They all have to do with songs. Number three is a uh, LSU, Colin Baton Rouge. Uh, I don't even know when they do it. Um, but I've seen videos of it. it. Looks pretty cool. And my number one is down in Alabama. Even though, you know, it has nothing to do with them being, you know, a great college football team. Just Alabama singing Dixieland delight. Something that just the hairs on my arm just kind of stand up. I, I want to go there. I want to experience that for myself. Bry, I forgot one, and I don't know how I forgot one because you and I. One of these days, we're going to drive down there. We're going to go to a game, and we're going to sit there, and we're going to go, country road, take me home. Country road. Is that what they do in West Virginia? Yes. And Brad Paisley has been there to do it with them, which is absolutely amazing. So, yes, I completely forgot about country road. They always say country road down there for West Virginia games. So if you, And it will bring goosebumps to you. Because it is players, everybody involved singing it. It is unreal down there. And Sweet. it's one of their traditions that is absolutely insane. Now, we have our traditions with our college teams. Like, you know, Ohio State's got Mirror Lake, but we also got the Seven Nation Army when we get ready to kick off. Um, you guys have got the jumping to touch a flag from the Michigan boosters, athletic boosters. Sure. So everybody's kind of got their, like, little stamp on everything. But, yeah, these are the ones that kind of stand out to both me and you. And, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because there's a lot of traditions out there that a lot of people look at, and it just kind of blows their mind that, you know, that can be a tradition, but it's something really nice and special for that school and that time. And, like, even like Penn State with their whiteout. You know, Penn State doing their whiteout. Tennessee with the checkerboards. That's pretty awesome to see. I mean, yeah. You have different schools that have different stuff, and it's just absolutely amazing that they do it. And we love it. We love college football, so that's why we talk about it. Traditions but, like that, I think, uh, I think separate college football from the NFL. I mean, the NFL is king, but college football has those traditions that the well, NFL I mean, like, just will never have. 
I mean, you got to factor in like the one tradition that we didn't even talk about. What about the, the um, um, biggest cocktail party? Sure. Florida yeah. Right. I mean, it seems like every, uh, every school has something like that. Um, down in Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss. Oh yeah. With the trees and everything else. Oh yeah. Yep. Tailgate. All right, Brian, we got to get you off here. You got to go draft. What are you drafting tonight? What are you, well, like I don't know yet. Uh, the, it it kind of randomized. That's how ours is going to be also. It randomizes an hour before. I'll okay. try to see if I can push ours back to 8.15 for Lauren. If, is that good or should I do 8.30? 8.15 should be good. I'll let her 8:15. know. 8.15. We push okay. it back for her and she'll be okay. Do you want to do your uh, trivia? Oh, yes. The trivia. How many no-hitters has Nolan Ryan pitched? For some reason, the, the number that stuck out to me was nine. And you said it blew your mind, so that would kind of blow my mind if he pitched nine. It is not nine. It is seven. He had seven, seven. no-hitters, wow. Brian. Seven impressive. no-hitters. Leads the league in strikeouts. Everything. Like, he was just one of a kind. And yeah. even, like, there's another one in there with Cal Ripken and the Iron Man playing as many, starting as many games as he did. It's unreal, these – We'll go over that list next week. But cool. so next week, we're going to have your Cleveland headlines. We are going to start our fantasy football and we'll let you know who won between Cleveland and Cle- oh, everybody's going to be watching that game. But between sure. Fatty and Bry, all right. I am that fat guy, Big Bry. God bless him, please. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate everything. Thank you, Brad Ward, for joining us. Go ahead, Brian. I got the rest of this. It's all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brad Ward. Catch him on All Eyes on Cleveland. Catch him on uh, the Browns Wire and Blue Wire. Amazing. I love having Brad on. He's one of our dear friends, and we love him so much. Um, Other than that, guys, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for doing everything. Please like and subscribe. Join us. I believe October 9th, we are going to be at West Third and Summit. For the Mac for Mutts, because I will be probably the judge again for the Mac and Cheese contest. So that would be the Chargers game, I believe. But I got to talk with Big Brian and see if Big Brian's going with me. But thank you guys so much for watching. We are legal him to face. We are definitely uncorked, unloaded, and we're out. Thanks. See you.